Welcome to the Acts 29 Southern African Podcast, a podcast born out of a vision seeking to see healthy, reflective, and reconciling churches go on to multiply through church planting. My name is John Otadope, and I have the privilege of hosting this podcast. Our guest today is Confidence Mukatle, a daughter of God, a devoted wife, and mother of two to two amazing girls. Confidence was born, bred, and continues to be based in Pretoria, South Africa. Confidence studied a Bachelor of Commerce in Accounting Studies at the University of Pretoria, where she gained experience in student ministry with campus outreach. In 2015, Confidence and her husband, Pastor Oni Mokatle, planted Rooted Fellowship Church in the city of Pretoria. And for the past five years, Confidence has run the women's ministry and discipleship out of Rooted Fellowship. Confidence currently consults for X29 Southern Africa in the area of church planters' wives coaching. She consults for a number of other church planting networks and recently co-founded Mbinianza, a finance, compliance, coaching and development company. Confidence, welcome to the podcast. It is so good to have you with us. Oh man, thank you so much for having me here. I like to kick off many of these podcasts with a question. Um, So you may have heard this one. What is a lesser known fact about Confidence Mokatle? Yeah, it's uh, not an easy one to answer. I always say there's uh, people that have experienced me before I got married, so 2010 and to after. So I'd say if you've last seen me before I got married, uh, what you need to know is that I am hectically into interior decorating right now. Um, So I spend most of my time just going through um, just pages and just going to the shops, checking what's trending right now and uh, seeing... Yeah, what I can update uh, and also just so that I know what's happening. So I'm always updating myself on that. Awesome. And uh, if you know me after is, um, is that the finance bit of my life that actually all I've ever did is that I started studying accounting all the way in high school, all the way in varsity, a bit post varsity. Uh, so finance is a big part of my life. Uh, I'm always trying to budget and balance things. And uh, it doesn't surprise me that I co-founded a company called Vinianza. And so, because I'm interested in finances and um, how people can better manage money, um, including myself. That's awesome. Tell me, um, so what, what is trending in the interior decorating uh, world? What, uh, who do you follow? What do you like? Yeah. I like that question. I mean, what's trending right now is the whole minimalistic look. Uh, I just want to p- say that that's not my thing. Okay. But I recognize why it's necessary and being a hoarder. Um, mm. and so it's like, we need to stop that. So that's what's trending. And one of the uh, Instagram uh, handles that I follow that does that is um, S Living. And so they it's proper minimalistic. Like there's nothing on your counter. There's like literally maybe a lemon there or just the plant in the kitchen <laughs> and that's it. So that'd be that. And if uh, one maybe that I resonate a little bit more with is the whole um, just kind of like Afrofuturism things, like a um, bit of ethnic, but patterns, up-to-date, modern. And I would say Makatini House is who I follow for that. So yeah, I mean, I think I follow more pages, obviously. <laughs> but those two are the ones that are kind of trending for me right now. Awesome. Would you give us any advice in, as we sit here in the studio? I know we've got quite a cluttered uh, vibe, not really a minimalistic vibe <laughs> at the moment. I would say that the space is amazing. Um, Amen. It has so much potential. <laughs> okay. uh, yes, step one is definitely decluttering, but uh, other than that, it looks great. Fantastic. That's very kind of you. Thank you so much. Okay, so uh, it's clear from your bio, uh, but also you know, in knowing you and spending time with you, it's clear that you have a passion for women. Where does that come from? I would say it has to do with um, just where God placed me. 
where I was born, who was around me when I was born. I think of like my mom, my grandmother, aunts around, um, just seeing women within our community. Um, even if I think of school, like my first two or maybe even three teachers were were women. Actually, the first three teachers that I had were women. Um, just always um, just aware of what they uh, contribute to our communities um, and to just even my individual life, just um, seeing my mom being a teen mom and my grand coming alongside her and seeing um, my aunt being there to help out. So I say I've always just been aware of women and what they do. And what made it even more was that when I came to know the Lord and further went into varsity, I then got involved with the campus ministry, campus outreach, and there I got to see how even in investing in other women spiritually makes an even bigger difference. And that's how it's just been an investment of my life and how I serve in the kingdom is investing in other women, first and foremost, spiritually, um, before everything else. Mm, that's amazing. I love it. So kind of what I'm getting from you is this, this kind of this legacy of the women who have gone in before you, you know, that you stand in their shoes and and that you're now, you know, paving a way for, for the women that are coming after you. So amen. amen. Um Okay, so we are a, a podcast about healthy churches, planting healthy churches. Um, so I, I guess I, I would love to ask you this. How should churches, church plants, um, be engaging women in those spaces? Uh, so so how, how should churches and church plants be engaging women in those spaces? So I wanted to say, first and foremost, that um, if I think of uh, church planting, I obviously speak from my own experience about seven years and just seeing from a point of not planning to plant a church to a church that's five years old right now. So I've got my own personal subjective story. But I, in, in that time, I've also gotten to meet a lot of women and a lot of other church plants around us. And so um, I'd like to believe I have a voice, not everybody's voice, but a voice um, to speak into that. So I would say what I've seen is in the very beginning, as you're thinking for a church plant, um, for a church, think about women's voices from the beginning. Think about who is in your team. Um, are women in that team? Uh, are their voices being heard? Are their gifts uh, being encouraged and affirmed? Uh, are they really contributing to what this church is going to be? Uh, so we know that in the church, there's going to be both men and women. So we might as well start from there. And so I can't imagine anyone better than a woman kind of speaking for and bringing attention to the needs of women that need to be served. Uh, and we know all needs are met by the gospel. Uh, and this is just um, practically uh, and having somebody who is a woman who can be able to attend to those things and speak into those things and serve in those things. So I'd say um, be intentional about that. And I would also say if you have resources, um, also just show value in that role by actually hiring a woman to, to, do, to do that work uh, so that they can free themselves from other things and focus um, in that specific work that you're calling them to. So, yeah, begin with everyone and everyone's voice in mind so that you can have this healthy church that you're hoping that God will, um, will build. So good. So you spoke a little bit about um, kind of the, the, the church plant phase, I guess the kind of phase to launch. What about what about kind of like you're in the church now, you're into, um, you know, you're well along your way. I, I know you, you mentioned resourcing, but what are other ways in which, um, you know, women can be engaged in that space, uh, you know, as the church progresses? Are you sure you want me to expand on that? <laughs> I certainly do. Um, I think one of the things I was very naive about coming into church planting was a, uh, just my experience with uh, with Rooted Fellowship and um, 
just the intentionality or maybe even just the grace of God in that and 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 just also having someone like me who's just interested in the well-being of women um and how the elders and even my my husband the lead pastor of Rito Fellowship was uh, intentional in making sure that uh, women are not only seen, but they contribute to what happens at Rooted. And so I would say um, affirmation of gifts um, in the sense that, you know, don't only s- say women can only do one, two, three, four, or just generally push them to specific things like, you know, just teach only the children on a Sunday or just sing and maybe just at the back, you know, like stuff like that. If you have a woman in your church who's gifted, uh, like we have women who do so many other things. I think of like the graphics. Um, uh, I think about like even just uh, spearheading discipleship. It wasn't just me. It was me and, uh, and a couple of women and how the elders were freeing us to do that and not just and not holding us back. So I would say that affirming their gifts and affirming their gifts is not only just by verbal it's like actually when they want to do things you actually support them in doing those things so you really are walking alongside them Uh, and also I would say bringing value to what women do so I mentioned it with if you have resources hiring a woman and whatnot I mean I understand that with church plants generally there isn't that much resources but if there is uh, if you would have a similar role and a, a, a brother would actually get paid for it I think it would be it would be an encouragement to do the same for the woman. Pay her too. Uh, that way you are telling her that what she does is also valuable. Um, what else? Yeah, also just investing in uh, spiritual growth. So, hey, if there's classes, if there's, like, include women, let them be part of that. Like, I think if there's an opportunity to even go to, encourage women to go to seminary. Uh, because women are going to be teaching other women. And so we want them to teach good doctrine as well. We know the elders yeah. will safeguard the doctrine uh, and all of that. But those one-on-one spaces, discipleship spaces, we also want to be clear and be equipped uh, to teach the gospel. Amen. Amen. So good. So good. Okay, so so you kind of zoomed in a little bit in terms of church plants, churches. Let's, let's kind of zoom out a little bit and say... Uh, what about church planting networks or church networks, even even such as Acts Twenty Nine Southern Africa? How can how can we as a network uh, be engaging uh, women in our context? I want to start by just saying uh, I'm so thankful for the existence of networks, um, and even more close to home, the existence of X Twenty Nine, and so is that I see the value uh, that they add and in the experience of a church planter. Um, as he's trying to figure out church planting. And so I'm, I'm saying, good work, let's do that. And I think it's a, it is important that the focus is there for the church planter. There has to be that focus because he is having to encapsulate so much of what the church plant is and the direction and vision and so many things that come with being a church planter. But I, I'd say, let us remember that uh, the church planter comes with the wife generally most church planters are married and so there's a church planter's wife who's having to walk alongside and partner with his husband in this mission and generally there isn't anything there for the wife and I want to say women also long to be equipped um, not in the, at the same level as the church planter but they want to be able to understand the space they're going to be walking into and expectations and have a gospel of gospel understanding of how they're going to navigate that and I'd say an intentionality in just doing something for them, like whether it's a small course or training, encouragement, anything, just to try help and acknowledge that they are about to step into something big as well. Sure, so good. 
tell me, why why do you think churches and church plants and I guess maybe sometimes networks, specifically I guess uh, some s- uh, complementarian networks like like we are, um, you know, and, and and so why do you think that that that, that sometimes uh, churches, complementarian churches, complementarian networks struggle with this? Um, what would you say to that? Um, she. So I think if we backtrack a bit, maybe it's the, it's, there's cultural elements as well in that, uh, but there's also a, how the conviction or understanding of complementarian plays out. So I would say um, there's a, I don't want to put labels in front of complementarian, but there's clearly a practice of complementarian that sometimes is just not helpful. And I think we need to be honest about that. And hence, other people who are convicted or other networks or churches who are convicted differently about um, uh, headship would say, uh, no, I don't want to be in that space because it equates to one, two, three, four. Um, and this this conservative uh, play out or how things end up happening is, uh, uh, in a sense, kind of, lack of a better word, undermining uh, the role of women sure. in churches, in church planting, Um but I would say there's a clear awakening yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, and not in yeah. a worldly kind of like what's the world doing, empowerment or whatnot. No, a clear awakening in a sense that what does the Bible really say? Uh, how do we show um, that women really are valuable, that, they, um, that, that, that they're equal to, ma- to men in dignity and value uh, yeah. and that they really are image bearers and Amen. so um, that the difference really is roles. Uh, and so I would say what's often hard is because of what we've seen in the past. It's like in the past things were done one, two, three, four, and to change that ship and that thinking feels like you're going counter uh, what's been done over the years. But I think I would I would exhort us to say let's not try to keep to culture, but let's say what does the Bible really say, and is there an opportunity to correct and do things differently that would actually encourage both men and women. Um, so I would say the problem is just how things have been done in the past. Um, there's been unhelpful ways and some helpful ways, but unhelpful ways that we need to not carry forward. So rethink uh, as a network, uh, think about how, with, even if you're saying something in terms of words and deeds and like papers, what are you actually saying in practice? So good, so good. Um, okay, so so I'm hearing what you're saying, but how, how could we, I guess, uh, you know, you're saying think reflect what what would you say to 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 churches church plants uh, networks um how can they rethink how can they you know what should they be doing as they rethink strategies um how they engage women within their contexts um could you give us some practical steps there um i would say first and foremost you need to look at who's actually um leading the church plant (laughs) uh the network let's talk about network so who is in the network um, and it makes sense, right, that it would be mostly men because uh, uh, they're leading men, mentoring men, um, uh, and generally you'd have people that have also previously planted churches in those spaces. Right. Um, so that all makes sense. But then it's like, okay, step further. Now we are realizing that um, women in church planting, slash church planters' wives, um, are not having the greatest experience. Um, we see God, thread of him, all throughout, right. but there's right. some things that could be done better. Right. So who's informing you in making those decisions? Who is uh, speaking for those women? So um, I know I know men, brothers care for us, and they, they see needs, they minister, 
but I cannot imagine anyone better to come in and help out in the space than another woman. So are you inviting a woman to be in the space, hiring or inviting, consulting, whatever the case might be, but is that we need to, 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 to bring in the people that can speak um, uh, better into those situations to come and speak. Let, let, let the women speak for themselves. Um, so I say that's number one, first and foremost, and I think that's an easy one. Uh, and it might take a long time, but it's an easy one. So good. So in a sense, you're you, you're you currently playing that role for a number of networks within our region and and for X twenty nine Southern Africa. Um, I guess w- we mentioned coaching, and I think that's what you've spoken about. What what is your definition of coaching and consulting as you as you kind of engage those spaces, and as you think through you know coaching church sponsors, wives, etc. What is your definition for that? Yeah, I think that's kind of like the hardest question to be asked. Um, <laughs> as soon as anyone mentioned coaching, it's like. Like, actually, maybe I should remove coaching from my uh, what I do. But uh, I think I like the term coaching. And I think a lot of people, well, it's a buzzword, let's be honest. Yep, um, yep. And so it catches attention. But I would say it's a complicated word. And uh, you'd find that it's defined differently by many things. But if I think of it, I think of like walking alongside, um, walking with someone to reach specific goals, um, guiding someone through a specific season, Um what it sometimes ends up adding onto it would be maybe mentorship, counseling, right. or uh, being a friendship. Uh, all those things could happen. But I would say first and foremost of those three things, working alongside, uh, helping reach goals, guide. Uh, and if you can get those three, for me, then it's like coaching has in some form or the other taken place. So that's kind of like what I do. That's good. Tell me, as you have been doing that over the past uh, little while, what's been your biggest struggle? Um, what it, what it, you know as you've been coaching um, what has been what has been a struggle that you've that you've uh, seen or shared I think firstly is um, just the awareness of needs that pastors wives have um, I didn't realize that um, people are ministering in such uh, hard situations um uh, and yet they do it because they love Jesus first and foremost. And so that's always an encouragement as I do it. Yeah, yeah. But um, it's, um, it's this, a lot of unhealthy things that happen. Uh, I'm not one to define healthy for everyone, but there's some things that universally, it's like, that's not helpful. That's not going to help for longevity. And, mm-hmm. and I was naive walking into it as well because you, you think, you're always comparing to your own experience. But I think what I've learned is just that um, ministry is complex. Um, yeah. Ministry is um, can look different, uh, but yes, there's some, yet there's some things that are commonly not helpful. So I've seen those. Uh, I think for me, a struggle personally would be um, being unable to walk into a space and just um, say I'm coaching. If I think of the things I mentioned, um, walking alongside, guiding, or just reaching a goal, it's like I find myself easily wanting to then be like, how can I help? How can I help? And you realize that the needs are many. Right. And so it it, it humbles me and it reminds me back that I am not the one to save the situation and that God is. And so, so, yeah, I think that's been a struggle if I think of uh, the past few months slash a year. And your joy? Greatest joy from that time? Specifically, if I think about... Africa as a continent, if I think about the women I've interacted with, we have gold. Anyone who asks me that question, I'm just like, you do not know the women of Africa. They're amazing. And uh, you listen to um, 
just how they walk through their experiences. You listen to their understanding of the gospel. You listen to their perseverance and their commitment. And I'm blown away every time I'm on those calls. Um, so for me, it just says there's so many voices here. I cannot wait for when there'll be more uh, literature writing from mm. this continent, from women, for women uh, in Africa. And so, yeah, I'd say I can't wait to discover more women within the continent. And uh, yeah, I think I added my own things. But basically, that's my greatest joy because I'm excited about the future because I'm experiencing so much gold uh, already. So good. I, what I love about that is it sounds like, uh, you know, as you've gone out to be an encouragement, you've been encouraged. Yeah. Um, that's what a blessing that is. And it sounds like you said that there's a book on the way. Is that, <laughs> is that what you were saying? Well, I won't be the one writing it, but I know a couple of women already with podcasts and uh, blogs. And so, hey, maybe we could put together something. That is amazing. What we'll do is maybe we'll get together and put uh, curate some some of those good links and podcasts, and we'll put them Love in the it. in the yes. show notes for you guys. Okay, uh, I got a couple more questions. Confidence to all the church planters, pastors who are married and are listening to this. Um, of course, like you mentioned, we acknowledge that we are all different. Our marriages look different. Our contexts look different. But if you could say three things to church planters, pastors who are married, what would you say? So. I'm hoping that uh, the church planters' wives are listening to you. If you're not listening, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to listen as well. But uh, I would say as a church planter it's, and as the wife, it's important to remember that you are unique uh, and that God puts you in this place, in this role himself. And so um, that I think as church planters, just be wary of not comparing your wife to other wives. Yeah. I think sometimes we think, oh man, if my wife, could be like that other wife, then this would ease this and that and that. And I'm saying, quit it. Uh, I think we need to recognize that we're different. And uh, God took uh, your wife as she is and partnered her with you. And so it means that you still need to mine your goal there if you haven't already seen it. And so don't compare. That's number one. So both for the husband and the wife, you as a church planter's wife, do not compare yourself to another church planter's wife. You are different. And that's a good thing. Amen. Secondly, I would say be kind to yourself. Show a lot of grace to yourself as a church planter's wife, but also church planter, do that for your partner, uh, for your wife, because um, there's already a lot of challenges that the church planter's wife is facing. Um, I mean, I didn't, I, I can't think of all of them. I, I know there's a lady named Sherry Thomas that did a whole research in America and just kind of like um, North and South America, just going through what are some common challenges that pastor's wives face? And one of them is you, the church planter, wow. the wow. spouse. Um, and um, there's obviously finances, resources, um, role navigation, all those things. So keep in mind that your wife, your partner, whether um, she's um, involved in the everyday of the church plant or she's more involved at home or she's got her own vocation, that she is still having to navigate certain things that are things she has to deal with merely by being a planter's wife. So be kind, be gracious, be aware of it. Um, and lastly, the third thing I would say is that, um, you know, often we, 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 can be, we can be lonely in this uh, ministry thing, in this church planting thing, and think that um, I'm alone. I'm the only one going through what I'm going through. And I just want to say that's not true. A lot of pastor's wives um, go through what you're going through in different ways, in different degrees, but can say amen to whatever you're going through. And a big reminder to say that there are many women uh, and ministries who are willing to walk with your wife or walk with you as the wife 
And so I would say, put your hand up and just reach out to maybe a, a pastor's wife who's uh, a bit ahead of you. Uh, and you'd be surprised at their response. You know, they will make time for you. I'm telling you, they would make time for you. If they have time, they will not hesitate to help. And women like me are excited to do the same thing. So you're not alone. And there's a lot of people ready to be there and to help you through this season. Thank you so much for that. Uh, so I guess uh, a, a great question to flow on from that was how can folks find or follow you? Uh, where, where are you at? I always find this part of the podcast very, uh, very cool. How do they follow you? <laughs> uh, but I, I have an um, Instagram uh, handle. It's uh, there, T-H-E um, underscore planter. No, this planter's wife. Oh, my goodness. This planter's wife. This, T-H-I-S underscore planter's wife. That's where you'll find me. I try to put out content about women, about what I'm doing. Um, well, not a lot of content. Maybe a lot of pictures, but maybe a little bit of content at the bottom. But yeah, that's how you'd find me. Um, or just go to rootedfellowship.com. Uh, I'm there. That's kind of my local, that's my local church. And so, yeah. That is amazing. Confidence, we'll put those in the show notes. Uh, so if anyone wants to get in touch with you, they can do that. So to Confidence, I'd like to say thank you so much your time today thank you for bringing so much of yourself your passion and for sharing your wisdom on so many of the issues facing our specific context may god continue to bless you and keep you sis thank you so much jonah what a privilege to have been here and then to our listeners thank you for tracking with us thank you for your invaluable time and your humble willingness to engage with us don't forget to rate and review us on whichever podcast platform you get your podcast from you can follow us on facebook and instagram that's axe 29 southern africa you can check out our website, axe29.com forward slash network forward slash southern hyphen Africa. Until next time, take care.